Hello and welcome! This is another episode of Make It Happen, a podcast by Wahidu Marata. Today's guest, believe it or not, is Evan Carmichael. He runs the biggest YouTube channel for entrepreneurs with 1.5 million subscribers and growing. He aims to help 1 billion entrepreneurs and he's a fantastic guy based in Canada and I cannot wait to have you listen to what he has to say. Welcome to Make It Happen. I'm Wahiro Murata, a certified life coach committed to helping entrepreneurs excel in life through mindset acceleration. In each episode, we'll explore a topic related to mindset and share tips and tools that can help you rebrand, revive and realize your fullest potential. Thank you for listening and enjoy the show. This is it. It's happening. It is happening. Wahido in the house. Well, this is a pleasure. Of course, you know that. But uh, thank you so much for taking your time and for being here. I mean, how amazing, how crazy it is to to finally, you know, be face to face with you in this way. I mean, it's it's very, very good. And thank you very much. I'm pumped, man. Let's make it happen. I'm ready. I'm ready. Yeah. Anything you want to cover, let's go. Well, I have so much to cover. And, uh, you know, I would like to... You know, it would be a pleasure to actually know more about yourself and a bit about your path. You know, I've I've so many videos and uh, I've seen many interviews, but you know, I would like my listeners and my audience to actually know who's behind this amazing person that I've been speaking about for so long, uh, who has uh, you know has done so many things that uh, you know many people don't even dream of doing or being able to or believe that it's possible. So perhaps a little bit about your background and. Uh, where you grew up, uh, where you come from, and how did you actually become the person that you are at the moment? Sure, so I'll go quick, and if there's something you want to dive deeper in, let me know. Um, I'm Canadian, born and raised in, in, in Toronto, Canada. Um, I had a lot of entrepreneurial tendencies growing up, but I didn't actually start a business till I was 19, and like an official business, I guess. Um, I sucked and struggled and felt worthless, uh, making $300 a month, getting my business off the ground. Um, among the most embarrassing and uh, you know, full of shame days of my life um, that I wanted to eventually get through. Um, I found my way through, we had some success. I was one of the entrepreneurs who made it, I guess, or most people don't. And I'm, I'm a big believer that your purpose comes from your pain. So it became a big part of my mission to give back to entrepreneurs and help the next generation, people coming through. Uh, as a result, I, I did a lot of speaking internationally. I have a website, I have a YouTube channel where I help entrepreneurs. I have two books and uh, I'm fighting every day to try to solve the world's biggest problem, untapped human potential. I think most people are just doing the wrong thing. I think everybody has the ability to do something amazing. Uh, I don't think someone like uh, you know Will Smith is that extraordinary. I think everybody has that ability. I think everybody could be a Michael Jordan at something. Uh, they just either one haven't found it, or they two don't believe in their abilities to make it happen. So that's what I'm trying to accomplish. So what were, what were the biggest challenges and struggles that you found uh, when it somehow clicked to you that you wanted to be an entrepreneur? The biggest one that motivated me a lot was regret. Um, growing up, I had I thought I wanted to be a banker. My high school yearbook says, "Where are you going to be in ten years of graduating?" I said, "Banker." 
VP at some bank. And so that was a path I thought. Now growing up for me as well, entrepreneurship wasn't, I had no fan, their family who were in entrepreneurship. It wasn't a popular thing to be an entrepreneur. So it wasn't on my radar screen. And when I had the opportunity in university to start a company, um, the decision that I made it through was just regret. I had these opportunities to work at some big companies, earning you know 100k a year out of the gate, traveling around the world, like my dream job, or start a business and make $300 a month. Why go do the entrepreneurial path? It was just out of fear of regret. I felt like I could come back and do another job if I really wanted to, but I may not ever get the chance again to start this business. And I could deal with it failing, which would be the likely scenario because most businesses fail. I could deal with it failing and not working out. I couldn't deal with not knowing. So I used that, that fear of regret to push me to do the thing that I was afraid to do. And, uh, you know, I love your, your hashtag, you know, believe. And I'm a true believer on belief, you know. And, uh, you know, my work is always, you know, trying to find where, what's the limiting belief system and become a, a belief system that is actually empowering. So what, what is belief for you? And why do you actually chose, a, a, you know, from billions of hashtags, that hashtag for your work? Yeah, so I'm a big believer that everybody has a one word core value. At the core of you, there's one most important value that you have. I, I wrote a book about it, but mine is believe. It comes from my parents. Uh, they're actually on my wall behind me. That's me when I'm nine years old and my parents. <laughs> And they would always tell me that I was Evan Pistrilli Carmichael. I could do anything that I believed that I can do. And that had a profound impact on me. And belief for me is, is yes, the self-confidence and believe in yourself. I think that's what most people think about when they think about belief. Um, but it's also belief in the work that you're doing. Like follow your passion to the work that is meaningful. Believe in your work. And then also just believe in that it's going to work out. Believe in the impact that you can have. And so I run everything through that lens that's that's the best of who i am and i try to bring that to everything that i make every this interview i hope oozes believe every video that i make every book that i write every conversation i have i want people walking away from feeling a little bit more belief in themselves and do you think that this is something that people gain through life or somehow it clicks you know now i believe or is it something that you need to to be born with Uh, so for those like nature nurture questions, I'm, I'm not a huge fan of them because like it's so what? So if you weren't born with a lot of X, Y, Z, what do you stop? Like if you want to go off and do something, then, then go and do it. You can. Uh, I think for most of the major changes that anybody wants to make in, in their life or in their business, it almost always starts with a mindset shift, with changing a, a, a belief system that you have of turning something from saying I could never do this to actually thinking oh I can and so for me what I found super helpful is I, I need to fill myself up with believe on a daily basis I think it's a it's a it's a daily reset like even if you had the greatest day the next day you wake up at least for me and I don't wake up every day like yes Thursday right Uh, it's, I'm tired and I wake up and I'm wiping my eyes and it's like, what's happening today? And it's a daily reset. So I think having a, a routine that sets you up, the goal would be uh, to fill yourself up with so much of your one word. So for me, it's believe that if I'm ever around anybody who doesn't believe or is negative or toxic or um, putting out just really crappy energy, I'm not going to get infected. 
I'm drinking so much vitamin C that you can sneeze all over me and I'm not going to get sick. And I think people don't have enough of the positive in their environment and then they get sneezed on by somebody and then they get sick and they allow the toxicity of the people around them to pull them down instead of allowing them to go off and do the thing that they want to do. Totally. I totally agree with that. And so from an entrepreneurial uh, sort of uh, perspective, do you believe it's important for a brand, for instance, to have a hashtag and follow that hashtag wherever they go? Uh, I think it helps. I think, I think articulating the brand makes it easier for people to spread the message. I think when people understand what you stand for, it one, makes it easier for them to align themselves with you or not and easier to share your message. I think uh, you look at most corporations and they have, everybody has a list of core values. You got a list of your 15 core values and they have them up on the wall. But, you know, go and ask the CEO, even of that company, can you tell me what those 15 core values are? Most of them couldn't do it without looking it up. So you're not actually living it, let alone everybody else in the organization. And so I think having one that is the through line, that this is what I stand for, this is what I'm all about, helps you first in terms of guiding your creation, guiding the content, guiding your products, guiding your services, guiding everything that you make. You run, I run it through the filter of belief. So if I'm making a top 10 video on somebody, it's only going to show the positive. If, if this video does not help somebody believe, then I'm not going to publish it. I'm not going to make a video of the top 10 stupidest things Donald Trump has ever said. That video might explode and do really well, but I'm not posting it because it's not believed. And so when you have your value down, it becomes a through line for everything that you do. And it makes it easy for other people to align themselves with you. So people who need more believe in their life, it's easy for them to subscribe to me. They love it. It's, uh, they just wake up and boom, there's more, more content, easy, boom, right? Whether it's Instagram or YouTube or somewhere else. Um, so, so making it clear is good for you, but it's also good for your audience to find you and for them to share it as well. So anytime their friends need to believe, they will automatically think of what I'm doing. So whether you are, you know, articulated as clearly in that hashtag in every single post that you're doing or not, I think having a clear through line first for yourself and then making it easy for your, your audience to share it, I think becomes super important. You know, I, I work a lot with mindset and, uh, you know, it's, it's fascinating for me always to look at uh, entrepreneurs like you uh, and uh, try to kind of put myself in your place and put myself in your mindset and try to sort of uh, apply or find out what I could use from that mindset in my life. So could you share, for instance, your uh, mindset or perhaps your, your routines or daily routines that you believe it's uh, vital for any entrepreneur to actually apply in their lives? So the first mindset shift is just one of resourcefulness. I think uh, a lot of people say, well, how am I ever going to do this? You can ask the same question with the same words, but change the mindset behind it. Instead of, well, how am I ever going to do this is, how am I ever going to do this? Where there's the belief there's the resourcefulness in there um how am i ever going to launch this company without funding how am i going to launch this company without funding just shifting that instead of focusing on what you don't have because you never have enough i could use 20 more people in my company sure if you gave me a million dollars to do something else i could i could find a way to use that but instead of focusing on what you don't have focus on what you can do with what you do have 
there are people who have done exactly what you want to do with less than what you already have right now. And so if they can do it, you don't have an excuse why you can't do it too. And so just shifting the, the conversation on resourcefulness in the questions that you are having. The other one I would say a mindset shift that I have was shifting your, your self-respect towards effort instead of results. So a lot of people are so afraid to fail that they never even try because they're attaching their self-respect to winning. Really loose and dangerous spot. Uh, if you won, if you're in a race, you're running a race and you, you beat a five-year-old child, you're not going to feel that great about yourself. Sure, you won, but it's an easy win. Where if you lose a race against somebody like Usain Bolt, the fact that you even ran that race against Usain Bolt should be building up your self-respect. And so if you can tie your self-respect to the effort that you put in, like if you may not win every time and you won't win every time and you'll lose most of the time in anything that you're doing. If, if you're on the edge, if you're doing something new. If you're an entrepreneur, you will lose most of the time because you're trying something new. So that's part of the game. But if you are on the edge of you pushing your boundaries of, of your effort, like when you hit the bed tonight, you put your face on the pillows. Like I, I gave myself today. Like I tried my hardest today and to shift your self-respect around that as that's the gut check every night did i do my best that i could today that'll make you feel good if you did that every day i guarantee you you will start getting wins but if you attach your self-respect to winning then you will never get those wins because you're so afraid of the losses and so i think that's been a really helpful mindset shift um, for me and then if i had to pick a third one i would just say embracing the complicated embracing the complexity embracing like when it sucks it's the best when something's going wrong it's awesome <laughs> you grow you grow through adversity right for everybody who's complaining about their environment or their parents or their xyz like that's the best when it's easy it's easy but when it's hard that's when you grow that's when you get stronger and so I've, I've shifted myself that anytime something negative happens, it's the best. Like at this call, we lose my, my video and it's only audio. This is the best. Like I'll get even more excited than I am right now. Right. When something bad happens, I just shift to that automatically. I tell myself it's the best and then I feel that it's the best and it actually becomes the best. Yeah. And for me, you know, you know, when people are able to go through their fears and actually focus on the process rather than the outcome, then life can become actually magical and then you know the fear doesn't stop you to go further and to actually learn the lessons you know because to go a little bit in what you're saying for me there's no failures because there's always a lesson and if there is a lesson the failures perceived ones actually become something that is so powerful that can be always invited to um, for our work and for our perception of, of what is happening yeah i think people um I think the I think the fear is real. Like the fear of doing the thing is real. Like getting on and making a YouTube video is scary. You know, I don't agree with uh, be fearless. Like I think you will be afraid of, you should be afraid. Like everything great in life that was accomplished on the other side of fear. If you're not afraid at all in anything that you're doing, then your life is boring. Like you hate your life. <laughs> if you're not doing anything that scares you at all. And so for me, it's feeling the fear and doing it anyway. And I use the fear of regret to then make me even more afraid of not doing it, that then I have to take the lesser fear of doing it. 
It's like if, if you have a little hangnail and like your, your fingernail is hurting, <laughs> but then somebody punches you in the arm, you don't feel the hangnail anymore, you just feel the punch to the arm. So that's maybe a little masochistic, <laughs> but, but that's what I try to do to myself. Like the little fear that is this, I make this big fear of regret so big that then I have to go off and do it and I, I don't pay attention to this little one anymore. And, uh, you know, I, I wanted just to, to speak a little bit about you too, because, uh, you know, you are so um, amazing and, you know, geniusly created this platform that really, you know, supports so many people around the world. And uh, I know that because of, of what I've uh, heard and read about you, that you want to actually touch or inspire or share the message with one billion entrepreneurs and empower them to, to do something more. So can you explain a little bit? For, for those who don't know you, for instance, how can you do that or how are you doing that through your YouTube channel? So I think everybody should have a goal that is beyond their reach. Your mission should never be accomplished. You're waking up every day and trying to empty the ocean with a spoon. You're never going to make it happen, but you're, you're, taking, a, you're taking a spoonful out every day. Um, I do it primarily now through YouTube and in my books. I'm not uh, obsessed with it. Like I'll, I'll shift to the next thing if I think it could have a bigger impact. I want to help a billion people. Um, people then ask me, well, how do you track it? Well, I don't because the, the intention is not to track it because I'm never done. The intention is to do something that is on a big scale. So coming on this show, my intention is, hey, I, I might get to meet some new people and and be introduced to a new audience and a couple more people are now on board and they get they hear it right i don't do coaching one-on-one -on -one because it's just too slow what i want to do is hit scale so why do i write a book because i can hit scale why do i have a youtube channel i think youtube is the best way in 2018 to hit scale and so that's why i do it i'm picking up my instagram because you can hit scale not as good as youtube but you can still hit some scale and so it just filters my decision-making that everything that I am spending my time on, when you set a big goal, you wanna make sure that your actions are mapping to you accomplishing that goal. My big goal is, is pretty big. So is what's in my calendar helping me accomplish that goal or not? And so a lot of the things that aren't, the one-on-one -on -one coaching, that kind of stuff doesn't, I love coaching, I love helping people one-on-one, -on -one, but it's, it's too slow to help me accomplish the mission that I'm on. And so it's just a filter to help me make the best decisions for me. And, you know, this morning, here we are in Portugal, so now it's afternoon, but uh, this morning I've checked your YouTube channel. And again, you know, it's like on a daily basis, but uh, 1.48 million subscribers. How do you justify that? And how do you, how do you inspire people to, to want to do more and want to reach more and want to tap into a better potential, a deeper potential? So what do you mean by how do I justify? That's an interesting way of putting it. No, I mean, it's, it's the other way around, meaning how can you explain to people yeah. what you've reached? You know, oh, just so, a lot of work. Like, yeah. listen, go back on my channel. I sucked. <laughs> Brutal, right? I, I was super introverted. I hated the camera. Um, I had to have my sister come in and press record, focus, press record, and then leave the room because I couldn't do an interview with her with anybody in the room with me. Um, I'm nervous, I'm scared, like go back. I keep all those old videos up because it shows the journey of, of my career. Um, I've had a YouTube channel for 10 years. I don't know how long I've been posting videos for, uh, but we've done like 5,000 videos. Not all of them are public, but you better get good at something if you practice 5,000 times. 
my story is one of just continually working to get better at something that I was not naturally good at. And I had success and you can too. And I still, we're like, we're making three videos every day on YouTube. Um, so uh, hopefully people can be inspired by the journey uh, and see the growth and go back and watch how bad it was in the first videos. And my intention is really to show that anybody can do this. Maybe not do YouTube, but that's not what you want to do, but that you could get great at something having very little natural talent at it just by working hard. Yes, there's some people who can come in and just blow up because they're great at it. But if you suck at it, like I did, you can get better just through repeated practice. Yes, and, and that's why I believe it's such an amazing, powerful word that uh, should always be remembered. And uh, for the ones that are starting, um, you know, like myself, you know, I, I, I love video and I do a lot of them and I post them on YouTube, but somehow after following, because I, I had the opportunity to work with you also on, on a group session and I learned so much, it was a game changer. Although I applied, you know, uh, um, uh, TubeBuddy and other resources that you shared, you know, somehow I'm not reaching the, the, the audience that I would like to. So two questions would be the first one, does the location where you're at actually influences your reach? And second of all, what are the best strategies, if you could just name one? I don't want to take too much of your time on that, or maybe you want to explore, but you know, some, some like key strategies to actually put your content out and reach other people, knowing that you believe in your work and you really think it's valuable. Yeah, so first off, you never reach the audience that you want to reach. Like, I, I don't want to, I want to reach, I'm frustrated by how small my reach is, right? Like, I want to be, <laughs> okay, I want to be too let's exchange. <laughs> right? Like, sure, but like, it never, that, ne that feeling never goes away and should never go away. Like, you should always be, like, that's what drives you to keep going and doing more, right? So, it, it's a good feeling to have. That frustration will force you to put in more work and keep driving. Uh, now, super tactical, location doesn't make a difference. Um, for the videos uh, and if I had to share advice what I always come back down to is it's on me like if you if you're a, if you're a talking head you know if you're a, if you're a speaker if you're a thought leader, <laughs> right if you're if you're if, if your skill set is you right you share it's not about the editing and how fancy things are put together it's always you. Somebody messed me, uh, sent me a message on Facebook this morning saying, Evan, I love your channel. You deserve to have 10 million subscribers. I don't. I'm not good enough. I, at the same time, I think I have the best channel in the history of YouTube. Like, I think I should win a Nobel Prize for my channel. But I'm not, I don't deserve to have 10 million subscribers because I'm not good enough. I need to get better. My team needs to get better. Our research needs to get better, like everything needs to get better for me to be at 10 million. And I think that's where a lot of people fall down is they feel like they deserve to be somewhere that they're not. And I think about once a, once a quarter, I have this side like, huh, what other marketing, like there has to be some of the marketing strategy that I can use, you know? Like what if I posted these videos on Twitter or, you know, this, and, and the hacks are always good, right? But at the end of the day, it still comes down to me, you. Like it's just getting better. When I have, you know, my camera guy, when he comes in and films me, he uses this $50,000 or whatever red camera, the dragon something here. Um, and he thinks like that makes all the difference. Whenever I go on vacation, I'm filming from this. And I get so pumped up that I'm filming from this because the results are the same if I'm on here or if I'm on his camera. 
if I'm the same. I end up being better with this because I'm fired up, right? And he thinks like the gear makes all the difference. It doesn't matter. Now, if you are in the film business, if you are an editor, then your editing better be spot on. But if you're a talking head thought leader, what they're coming for is you. And so I, I come back to getting better. Like the quantity will lead to the quality. Uh, if I look at people's videos, a lot of times for thought leaders, one, they're not making enough, like daily. Daily video. You gotta make mm -hmm. a daily video, at least once a day. Mm -hmm. Like if you're a singer, a daily song. If this is what you're good at, you're an expert at, it shouldn't have to take you a full day to make a video. And if it does, then you need to, you need to get better at it so that it doesn't take you that long. Right? If you have a, if you're a great speaker, a great coach, and there's something on your mind, you should be able to pick up the phone and record a 10 minute video and put that up. And that should take you 12 minutes to do. Yeah. Daily video mm -hmm. um, as a starting point. I look at uh, the next step for thought leaders. You have great points and you're great in one-on-one -on -one sessions or you're great in, in an audience view, but not great when it comes to making a video. A lot of them are, are so are, are too professional, too corporate, too boring. The words are good, but there's no emotional commitment behind it. You don't feel it as you're saying it. You don't feel it as you would if you're coaching somebody one-on-one. -on -one. And so like lead with a powerful opinion. What is your powerful opinion? Like if you do not change your mindset, you will be stuck here for the rest of your life. Like I want a powerful, not one of the things that I've been thinking a lot about recently is that maybe it's, kill all that like right in powerful opinion and then every word that you say has to mean something to you and i, and I know for a lot of experts it is coming from a, a place of expertise and love but it's not expressed because there's nerves because there's nobody in front of you um and then the last step i would say is, is raise the stakes like it's got to be more important you know how do you make it more important for the person to take action because a lot of people will listen to it and say yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, 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 I agree. And they don't do anything about it. Just like when somebody comes to a, an event or even a lot of coaching clients, you may not do anything about it. So how do you make it so important to them that they do something? How do you up the stakes, make it more important in the video that they realize that if they don't change this, they don't take this kind of action, how terrible life is going to be? Yeah, it's emotional. So, yeah, like emotional commitment to the words, but also the making it more important like not just through the energy that you're giving but through the consequences what are the consequences for the rest of my life if i don't take this action not the consequence just tomorrow but for the rest of my life make it bigger make it matter and i think thought leaders have a on those three things in particular uh leading with a powerful opinion emotional commitment and then up in the stakes having consequences i think people do a poor job of and as a result you just blend in you know, like there's so many people who want to be uh, coaches and experts and speakers that the content blends in. But if there's people that whoever you think is killing it, if it's if it's Gary Vee or Tony Robbins or whoever you look up to, uh, they don't blend in because they're using those points. Wonderful. Thank you very much for for the the answer. You have uh, your one word and the top ten rules for success. Any other books? on the way or any other kind of amazing projects that you are engaged in that are still secret, but uh, you could reveal something to us. This is it, this is the, <laughs> the exclusive reveal right here. Um, so, so one of the things for me is I don't, I don't plan too far ahead. I think, I think if you have a five-year goal for yourself, you're thinking small. 
to, to think that you know what you're going to be like in five years, uh, I think you're cheating yourself. And so five years ago, I didn't think I'd write books at all. And I've gotten, I've got two out now. For 18 days to 254 days, the habit will form. The average is six, six days. Uh, so what I do is I create a video series. The first, I've only done one, it's around confidence. If you want to build unstoppable confidence, watch this video. Every morning for the next 254 days, I send people a video. That's 30 seconds to five minutes long. That's free. That helps them become more confident. And that video, is, that series is doing really well and people are resonating with it really well. And I want to expand that out to different topics, different industries, different personalities. And so I'd love to have, you know, a hundred different 254s. Uh, but right now we've got the one. So that's what I'm really pumped about exploring next. So uh, throughout the, the last part of the, of the um, uh, interview, I, I felt that uh, you were really, really focused on you and your team and, you know, getting better and, uh, you know, improving. But, uh, you know, somehow I was thinking, are you hard on yourself and your team or you do it from a space of uh, uh, pumpedness and uh, really expanding that kind of uh, positive energy? I think it depends on the situation. I think if you only lean on, on one, then you lose a lot. Um, I think first off, when you're hard, it needs to be a kick forward, not down. Uh, it's not you suck and this is terrible, but this sucks and we need to get better. I'm never gonna do anything They kick themselves down. Or you wanna use that as a kick forward to say, look at what can be accomplished. I think if I look at the people on my team, Whenever they get too full of themselves, I wish Alex was here, he just took off. Alex helps me run Toronto Dance Elsa. Anytime who, he comes in and he's, he's full of himself and says how great an instructor he is. And, <laughs> and I would say like Alex, I would put Alex up against anybody in the world to teach beginner salsa and I would, I would put money on him being the best. That's how much I believe in him. But if he comes in and he's full of himself and say, dude, you suck. Like <laughs> where, you, where you need to go, right? And just beat him down. <laughs> to get better but if he comes in and he's feeling really low then I'll remind him of how great he is right and so just understanding when people need a pat on the back and encouragement and when people uh, need to to be you know brought down a bit because they're you can only help people on their ultimate ambition like Alex wants to be world-class he wants to be one of the best in the world period of what he does and a lot of people on my team I'm using his as an example so I know what he wants to accomplish. If, if I know your goal, the worst thing you can do is tell me your goal. If I know what your goal is, I'm not going to let you get off the hook for not moving forward on it. Whether you're feeling low and depressed, I'm going to push you to let's go. Come on. You said you want to do this uh, and rah, rah, rah. Or if you feel like, you know, I've done a lot. I'm, I'm doing really well. Like, look at me. I just got this award. Like you suck. You know what <laughs> I'm trying to do, right? Like if I'm trying to solve and I do this on myself too. Like I'm trying to solve the world's biggest problem. I'm never going to get it done. No matter how great I am, it's never going to happen, but I'm trying to do it every day. Then anytime or I get recognized or I get more of that than the negativity. It's more people saying, wow, this is so great. It's life changing. Like, thank you so much. And like, I'm nothing. I still suck compared to what I could do. So I need to be hard on myself, but in a push forward way, not a push down. So did everybody ever uh, told you, you know, you suck because you have almost 1.5 million or it's just you with your kind of, uh, you know, eagerness to, to continue improving? It's honestly one of the biggest vulnerabilities is that I don't have enough people who tell me that I suck from a loving place. 
well, I can go to the comments. I'm sure there's somebody who tells me that I suck, but like, that's not what I need. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, mostly through the videos. Like when I watch an Elon Musk talking about having a backup plan for the planet, I feel like I suck. Like, I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm thinking big, this guy's thinking, and I use it in a positive way, not like I can't measure up to Elon Musk, but I makes me want to push harder on what I'm doing. And so by surrounding myself with those successes, it, it makes me want to push forward. So that's how I've done it, as opposed to having somebody in my life telling me being a, like a physical mentor for me. Uh, you know, maybe one of our last questions, I don't know how you are with time, but uh, yeah. uh, do you regret anything? I mean, there was ever something that you actually regret in life? One of my biggest regrets, uh, so I, I think, first off, I think regret is is the most powerful force to get you to move into action. We talked about the, the hanging on the punch of the arm. Uh, what led me to realize that was I was in Paris and um, I was on a vacation just by myself and this French girl comes up and asks me for directions. And I had this map open and I'm thinking, I'm thinking wow, I like this girl, she's kind of cute, maybe I should ask her out. And it didn't twig to me, like why is this girl asking me for directions in perfect French? Didn't really twig at that point. Um, long story short, I was, I, I was uh, too afraid to ask her out and I let her go and, and then I regretted it. like. Like, what's the big, like, you know, I'm in Paris. Where am I ever going to come back here? Like, I'm never going to see this girl again. What am I so afraid of? And it bothered me so much that it was outside the Notre Dame Cathedral, which is on a river for people aren't familiar with France. And, and so then she crossed the river and like, I tried to take a picture of her. Anyway, I missed, but I put this picture up on my wall, like, like these ones here. I put that picture on my wall and I looked at that every day as a reminder that I don't want to live with regret. That like the worst case scenario, she's gonna say no. Great. And it just trained myself by looking at that picture every day that I could deal with the failure. I can't deal with not knowing. I had to know. Uh, and ever since then, I can't think of anything that I've really regretted not doing. And it's usually those things. It's not the things that you regret doing, it's what you regret not doing. Um, because that's become such a big, powerful filter for me. Um, it's be become ingrained ever since that day in Paris when I was 18 years old and that's what forced me to get into the business you know it was 18 when that happened and the next year I was 19 when I had the opportunity to have 100k do the dream job or $300 a month doing an entrepreneurial path I didn't want to live with regret and so I can't think of anything in a major way that's happened ever since then because it's such a powerful force that rules my life and what is like the the most inspiring situation or even person that uh, you encountered in your life? The most inspiring person I've encountered in my life. We got a lot. We've got yeah. a lot on the channel. Um, there's ones that I expect, you know, like I look at Tony Robbins and Les Brown and, and you know, you expect it from them. The people who surprised me though, uh, one is Denzel Washington. When we did a top 10 on Denzel Washington, because we've done so many actors, and it's been hard for us to do actors. A lot of them, it's really difficult to do a top 10 on. So I just kind of lumped them in with all the other actors. But man, Denzel Washington can bring fire when he wants to. And so I was really pleasantly surprised by that. Um, and the other is Naveen Jain, who I'd never heard of. But he's an entrepreneur, he's an Indian entrepreneur, who I think is in LA now or California somewhere. He's amazing. I've never heard of him. And he had great content. 
and uh, like, man, I, I like this guy, Naveen Jain. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe a third, Priyanka Chopra, who was an Indian actress, yes. who also I had never really heard of. And again, actress, um, you know, a lot of the actresses have been hard to find good content. And she was really inspiring and powerful. So those three. Any, any like keys of, uh, uh, or advice keys that you would like to leave any entrepreneur with like, uh, if you would not see that person again, like you when, when you were 18 and uh, you would just like to leave a memory or something. Yeah, yeah, closing message. Um, I would say make, make it count, like make today count. I think so often we put something off till tomorrow. I could do that tomorrow. I want to start my podcast. I could do that tomorrow or I want to start I could do that tomorrow, and then tomorrow never comes. You're not you're not the same person anymore tomorrow. You've lost them. You have a moment of boldness or courageousness, and then you lose it, and it's gone. Tomorrow doesn't happen. Um, so just make it count. My my goal going into every day is I want to make something today that I want to show my grandkids, that I am proud to show my grandkids. So this interview, you know, I want my grandkids to see this. Hey, this is me when I was young. You know, I had still a little bit of hair. You know. Um, that's my intention in always going in. I don't always accomplish it. You know, you can't always make every single day you get that result, but that's my intention every day. And if you did that, if you if you lived every day with the intention of creating work that you are proud of, you want to share your grandkids today, like today matters, even in Portugal, even though you've got like fewer hours left in the day than I do here in Toronto, like you're half an hour away from sleeping maybe, you still have time to make something that this day will count, that you want to show your grandkids. And if you took that approach, even just for the next year, every day, your life would be so unrecognizable in one year than what it is today, just having that little mindset shift. So if you learned anything from this show today, make the rest of today count. Like forget about tomorrow. Today has to mean something to you. Yes. Evan, uh, it was a utmost pleasure to speak to you again. Uh, I, I just want to to acknowledge the the, the, the work that you do. And uh, if someone would have had the opportunity to meet you for that one and a half hours, well, actually it was more, and have their life changed for the better, like mine did. And the, 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 the things that you just said about YouTube and about love and about uh, friendship and about everything else, uh, you know, if someone else can listen to this and see and, and put into practice what I've seen and put into practice, then I believe that you are reaching more than 1 billion. So thank you very much for your time. And, uh, you know, I hope to, to speak to you soon. I appreciate it, man. Thank you for the love. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And I would like to invite you to share the podcast with friends and family individuals seeking more clarity about themselves and their actions. And now it's time to make it happen. See you next time.